Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, everyone. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of commercial-free five-yard rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the U.K. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Guess who's back, Rush Nation? That's right, Stocks is back in the studio. We'd like to apologise for my absence last week. I was on holiday. I was primed to join in the conversation, but little man got a tooth. I know you don't care about the little man, Rush Nation, but he got a tooth. So I was, I, I couldn't join in, but luckily the big man stepped up to the plate hit homer after homer and we took the dub talking to the big man murphy's right here how you doing pal it's good to be back in the studio back with you uh you've got a little bit of a tan which is surprising because you went to the isle of wight Mate, so. it was like 25 degrees celsius so i don't know what that is in fahrenheit <laughs> for today's guest but i'm sure you can google it if you're that interested i think it's mid 80s okay low I'd... to mid 80s i think 25 well it was nice anyway um, yeah. i ate too much ice cream drank way too much beer and Considering it was what an hour and a half from home, it was wicked. So yeah, I'm back. I've got a crazy amount of podcasts this week. Cannot wait. Yeah, should we just dive straight in? Let's go in. Let's do it. So today's guest is CEO of what I consider Murph considers to be the greatest fantasy football app out there. It smashes everything out of the park for me. It's Nan Wang. Nan, thank you for coming on to Five Yard Rush. How are you doing? Uh, good. Good morning, guys. Chris, Adam, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate the kind introduction. Uh, you're, you're welcome. We're big fans of Sleeper, your platform, which uh, you, you've built, and it's a wonderful platform, but we'll let you describe why people should uh, should use it in a minute. But um, I guess what we'll start with is, is so what made you sort of start with Sleeper? How did it all come about? And 
why did you design a fantasy football app? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. We, we get that quite a bit, actually, because uh, it's, it's one of those spaces where you, you know it's a big opportunity and there's some big incumbents in the space, but it's quite a complicated product to build. So it's a, it's a big challenge to undertake. And sometimes you got to be a little bit crazy to, to actually try to want to do it. Um, for us, the genesis of why we started Sleeper really goes back 30 years. So my co-founder uh, and myself, We've been friends since we were five. Um, so our backstory is that our parents moved to the U.S. as immigrants in the early 80s. And they went to grad school together at a, at a little school in eastern Washington called Washington State. My co-founder and I grew up in student housing together, actually. And we, we kind of formed a really, really strong bondship from early on um, over sports. Uh, I moved away in third grade, but we kind of kind of stayed in touch, right? And the way we did it was through initially sending trading cards back in each other through the mail. But eventually, when, when Fantasy Sports came along, he invited me to join his league. Um, he was going to school at Berkeley at the time. I was on the East Coast at Dartmouth. And uh, he invited me to join his dorm mates. And we played on Yahoo our very first year in a, in a fantasy basketball league. Roll forward, I think it's been 15 years since then, uh, 16 years now. Um, and that league is still around with pretty much the same cast of characters. And we realized that sports inherently is a social experience and has this power to really build strong friendships. Fantasy being one of the, one of the core elements of, of, of that kind of product um, or that space that really ties uh, friends together, coworkers together, college classmates, um, and creates a social experience that they can enjoy sports together with. The problem we saw was that really nothing in the market does that, right? Caters to that type of experience. If you think about the news side of sports, you go on the Bleacher Reporter ESPN and uh, you'll read an article and there's nobody really to talk to, right? So people, what they do is they take it onto Facebook, onto Instagram, uh, onto Reddit, sometimes into their group chat or their email just to converse with their friends. They'll share highlights, they'll share memes, they'll share articles, but there's this desire for fans to really reach out and enjoy sports together. The same thing about fantasy sports. People play on Yahoo, play on ESPN, play on CBS, all the old platforms, but they have all of their conversation off-platform in their group text messages or email threads, right? So the whole social experience around sports is hyper-fragmented. Um, and so Sleeper, at its core, is a messenger platform, right? Everything we do, whether it's alerts, whether it's fantasy leagues, is centered around this chat activity. Uh, when we send a push notification around, it creates a community to chat about the news. When we roll out our leagues, it has these... Uh, uh, group chat features that allow you to cluster with your friends so you don't have to migrate off platform. And as a result, the whole experience feels more, more alive, more interactive, more social. Um, and so while we are a fantasy platform, I think the core of Sleeper and what we aim to be eventually is the social platform that powers all of the sports activity, starting with fantasy and then moving beyond in the years to come. That's uh Sounds ambitious. I mean, I know it's possible, but that <laughs> yeah. would be pretty cool to have one huge hub for everything. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. And if, if you think about parallels in the market, right, so, um, and, and the evolution of, of social, right, so we had, we had MySpace and then Facebook, and Facebook gotten, has gotten so big that it's really hard for you to have uh, a very niche or nuanced conversation with a specific group of friends, right? You don't want to post on somebody's Facebook wall about, you know, smack-talking Joe Mixon on the Bengals because 99% of your Facebook wall doesn't care. Right. So it's not catered to that. And Twitter, unless you have a bunch of followers, you can tweet, but nobody responds. 
right? So it, it's like shouting into the in, into the void, and and so for us, we see this like gap in the market to fill that void of actual personal conversations uh, between friends and between groups. Um, and Discord, uh, which is what we consider our closest comp, it's done that for the gaming space, has you know hundreds of millions of active users, right? And has has done that quite nicely in, in, in a subset of the market that we think sports behaves very similar to. Like gaming, you enjoy with your friends. Sports, you also do the same. That's, I mean, it, it, I can totally see how, how that's going to work and how it will happen because you're right in the sense of the conversations always tend to go offline and, and you know, we're as guilty of that as much as anybody. But I do love the function um, where you can just send messages out we tend to do it. We've been a few slow drafts this year and we've been using it as prompts to remind people they're on the clock. Um, and people really mm-hmm. like that feature because they can, you know, we can just at them and then it pops up with a push notification to say that they're on the clock if they weren't aware of, or for whatever reason. And um, right. it, it really speeds the draft up. Um, whereas I think if we were messaging, <laughs> well, in most cases we've had a couple where uh, users have just dropped off, but um, for the most part, it does speed it up, and people go, oh, "Okay." Whereas if you send them like a, a, a message or a text, they might not read that. Um, it might not push in the same way. So um, we do really like that that added feature. So going into you then, in terms of you sort of described sort of how you, you formed as your co-founder and friend, but what was your background prior to to sleep in your in your, in your history? Yeah, so I, I've done a bunch of different things, worn a lot of a lot of hats. So I graduated college, I spent some time as a malaria researcher, um, basically collecting water samples in sub-Saharan Africa to try to identify uh, the types of pH balances and pollutants that were conducive to anopheles mosquitoes breeding to try to eradicate it at the source. <laughs> I went from there to doing management strategy consulting in Boston and jumped over to Hong Kong and did private equity and venture investments, went over to Beijing and worked for the government for a little bit managing the sovereign wealth fund. And then came back here to San Francisco to do the startup. So uh, life is not really a linear path for me. It's kind of taken a lot of different journeys, but I think it's it's been an incredible, incredible experience because I've, I've kind of seen um, a lot of the world uh, at a very young age, and that's that's really influenced kind of my personal kind of belief system. It's also allowed me to take bolder risks. I mean, jumping into a startup is. Uh, at, at 35 years old is, is not necessarily a young man's game, but I think just ha- having that sense of adventure has allowed me to really take this in stride and, and really think of it as another challenge and another, um, another adventure in my life. That's, um, well, jumping straight off of that then. So with the, you know, um, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm experienced that you, you've had all over the globe, it seems. What, what advice would you give to our listeners who want to follow their passion, whether it be football, writing, you know, horse jumping, whatever it is, what advice would you give to them to help them achieve what they want to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for me, I think it's just don't be afraid to take that first step, right? I think, uh, I think momentum is, is the hardest thing to build from the outset, whether it's pursuing a, a new hobby, learning something completely different, you know, living in a new environment that you've never experienced before or, or switching jobs or something as simple as like changing a daily habit, right? It's, it's really just kind of taking the initiative to take that first step and overcoming inertia. And I think once you start building repetition into your behavior after, after taking that first step, it becomes easier and easier and easier. 
Um, and so I would encourage people who, who do have something that they want to try out for the first time or want to hone in on a, on a new skill set just to do it. I mean, not to rip off Nike's slogan, but I think it's, it's very it's very appropriate. Um, I think something else I would say is once you do start, I, there are times will you, when, when you'll face adversity. And it doesn't matter what you do. I think as long as you persist and kind of push through, eventually things will work out. And most, most things that people try to pursue, whether it's a startup or, or something else or a job, I think they quit on themselves before they actually uh, really, really run into a dead end. And I think the best thing to do if, if you really, really are passionate about something is, is not to quit on yourself, but to really just try to run through walls to make sure your vision is realized. Yeah, definitely. And it's great advice. It's what I, um, I think you've always got to follow your belief system and, and go with it. it you know, when uh, it's funny, we were seeing <laughs> Chris when he was away last week and we set some ambitious targets of where we like to get to. I, I work in startups myself uh, in a sales capacity. So I, I totally understand your uh, sort of that culture and that, that it's so different to any other business you're type you're, you're working and each startup is so different from an identity perspective um, but the the big thing is it's just that you've got to take a risk and if it's something you're really passionate about you won't fail even if it doesn't pan out you will learn so much and apply that to be a success at something else and I think that's that's the real core of, of it all and just don't be afraid just just do it and if it doesn't pan out, you'll, you'll still get so much out of the experience that it won't be a failure. It would just be a different result to what you're anticipating. Yeah, no, absolutely. In terms of your NFL team, then who, who is it that you sort of root for on Sundays when uh, you're uh, plugging away, trying to make sure that the app stays running and, and everything else? I'm, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. So I started watching football in the Joe Montana era. Um, and so they've been kind of my team ever since I was, I was really young. Um, but later in life, I, I lived in New England for quite a while and so adopted the Patriots, my second team. <laughs> a little bandwagon-y, but, but they're, they're quite a good organization. They are a very well-run organization. We're big fans of Belichick and the way that they run their organization and, and the way that they do things. It's, um, you know, people don't like the, the, the deflate gate or anything else, but um, and they hate the fact they always win, but there's a reason why they always compete. And it's not just because they play in a poor division. It's uh, what they do is, is first class and they're going to be a big loss when they, they leave the game. Um, yeah, and I think the thing they do really well is also they, they maximize utility from every player on the field and they draft really well, right? So you, don't, you never see the Patriots reaching for you know, high profile uh, you know, first rounders at the quarterback or receiver positions. They always draft you know, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, and then develop their skill positions or, or trade for them. Um, and so it's just, I don't know how they do it, but talent development there is, is quite quite well run. Yeah, it really is. And it helps when you're getting 11, 12 picks every year instead of the standard uh, seven. <laughs> Their way with the compensatory picks is just second to none. And it's it's about building a good roster and understanding that with the salary cap, you're not going to have a team of all-stars it's how you put together the best roster with the best available players um, to make sure there's no major deficiencies and then scheming to that talent, which sounds easy on paper, but most people tend to not get that concept. So, Right. Moving on then to, to fantasy football, you obviously play, you mentioned your, your home league um, that you play in. Um, 
how, how did your season go? How many how many leagues did you play in, and did you get any titles? Yeah, so no, no titles, unfortunately, for for me last year. I've actually not won a title in quite a few years. Our our league is hyper hyper competitive, as you would imagine, right? So it's it's the same folks that uh, are on my team at Sleeper, and so we all get the information at the same time. We all study up. We all know every single player movement, and so it's. It's extremely fun to play in that type of a league because everybody is ex- is super invested, right? Uh, the the types of leagues that we played in the past that were much more casual, you'd always have, you know, folks give up after week six or like one team that just doesn't really uh, trade or doesn't really uh, make roster moves and forgets to set lineups. That's not the case for this league. It's like, you know, the moment something happens, we're all discussing it, offering new trades, going back and forth about the implications of it in our group chat. Um, and everybody is on point. And so throughout the season, that engagement is just probably three to four times more active than anything else I've ever I've ever been a part of on, on other platforms. Um, and so that league is also extremely hard to win as a result. Uh, <laughs> but, but we don't use it as a place to, you know, make money. We, we use it as a way to really just hang out, hang out with our friends. And so it does that purpose really, really well, right? The more competitive, the more smack talk you have with your friends, the more fun it is for everyone. Oh, yeah, 100%. Can relate to that. Yeah, I was only in one paid league last year, and I won it, and I just got my entrance fee back. So uh, I'm pretty sure I won't do any more paid leagues, really, because that was a joke. Um, but, yeah. And it wasn't on Sleeper. It was on MFL, which is completely the other end to Sleeper, because MFL is useless. It's the hardest to navigate website and app MFL's good yeah. for really kooky custom leagues. Yeah, like properly in-depth, almost NFL-style. Or we used it as an elimination league last year, which yeah, was uh, pretty uh, good. For those sorts of things, it is good, but it is not the most user-friendly, and it's certainly not good-looking. Yeah, so like, I, I don't like to speak ill of any of our peers, and I think MFL does a really, really, really good job um, for exactly what you said it, it does provide a level of customization um for folks that have you know the the leagues that have um just out of the ordinary type settings um and for sleeper we, we've kind of chosen to go the other way so our our focus it's not really going the other way but i think our focus is on how do we make leagues more fun more social more accessible easier to set up um and kind of focused on the design elements of it. Uh, the thesis behind that really is, is that it should, like fantasy is a space that really shouldn't be limited by technology. And it currently is. So the size of the market is dictated by how hard it is to set up a league and the number of commissioners willing to go through that process, right? And the fun of the market is limited by the people who are really just interested in it for the stats and the competition but isn't open to the casual people at work who just want to jump in to be able to hang with their coworkers and have water cooler conversations, right? So those are the two angles that we're going after. We're trying to make it so that commissioners can set up leagues in, you know, a minute, two minutes at most, if you're not migrating over data from an existing platform. Um, and then once you're in, we focused on the, the design elements, the navigation, the mobile first. So, so you can kind of, you know, access your league on the go. Um, but also on the social piece. And so we're investing a lot more resources in, in building out the game day experience um, and further boosting the, the social capabilities of the platform. And you'll see a lot of a lot of new features being rolled out over the coming months. Um, 
even something as simple as like how we designed the draft, right? So we, we built a draft board because that's the best way for you to see everything all at once and to be able to interact with your league mates on a, on a draft itself, right? There's more trade activity that happens now in the draft than I think I've ever experienced um, anywhere else just because of the fact that we can contextually see how the, how the position stacked up from a color coding perspective. I can see the entire board, my entire league mates, uh, rosters, and then we can chat about trades uh, live um, while, while we're doing the draft. Uh, and then what we do is we actually we take that draft board and we cast it onto a big screen TV and do a pizza party every year. So it just makes it even, even more fun to do it. Oh, I love yeah, we need to do that for our local Epsom one. You get James to slide from NFL to sleep, but I know he's probably working. I've but... been working on that. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I keep pushing. That's the only league, by the way, um, that is not on sleeper now for me. I've managed to convert all the others. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thank you guys for your support. There's, oh, there's no. a lot more coming down the pipeline. You guys are going to see some some pretty awesome features this year coming coming out. It's, it's great, but also just on top of that, it's just nice to have all your leagues in one place. Um, I yeah, was splitting yeah. around from NFL. I played in six leagues last year and four different apps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not, not again. No, definitely not. Um, talking about the draft board, but this is a question we've got for a bit later, but you just mentioned it. The colors have changed this year, haven't they? For like, for positional colors. Yeah. So yep. I, I'm colorblind and I found it's not that I, because I know who I'm picking, but wide receiver and kicker for me are almost exactly the same in color. And then because mm-hmm. I, the type of colorblind I am, uh, running back and what's the other I'm thinking of here? Quarterback, red? Quarterback, uh, quarterback, red, yeah. Yeah, I think they're quite similar as well. Is, do you think there's going to be a feature coming where there'll be a setting that you can click it and it will change the color for people who see colorblind wise? Yeah, no, let, let me bring that up to the team. That's, a, that's something that we actually were, were trying to solve when we changed the colors because there were a lot of people that were red-green colorblind, which is weird. Um, and so we were trying to go with more like, uh, uh, what, what's the right term here, like uh, um, pastel-y colors that were a little bit off the normal primary colors so that people had more hue and distinction around it. And yeah. I didn't realize that that now created a new set of folks that couldn't see it so so i'll have to go back to the team and figure out if we can either change the colors or have a setting or or put like the positional indicators next to the squares on the draft board um so that folks uh who who, who do see uh who do have difficulty seeing it have find it more accessible and usable and so it's, it's these micro interactions that we spend a lot of time thinking about um like even even in terms of like how we thought about the overall redesign it was in the context of how do we reach more people? How do we make it so that it's more inclusive? How do we, you know, break through the traditional, uh, I guess, uh, mentality in sports where it's it's just kind of diehard stat stat folks and primarily men that are using the platform. And so you'll see a lot of softer colors in the platform now. The design is not like geared towards, uh, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I went, I was in a fraternity in college, so. Um, I'm familiar with, with the guys who are like really, really diehard sports fans, but we know that by creating the platform that has the powerful capabilities and the customizations that we'll be able to cater them. But how do we attract more family members and how do we attract more females onto the platform? Uh, these are all things that we think about as we go through the design process and we'll constantly make new improvements and iterations to kind of meet that goal. And so thank you for bringing up that specific issue. We'll see what we can do to, to fix that as well. 
well, excuse <clears throat> that would be good for me. I mean, there's probably a couple of other weirdos like me who can't see properly, but that would definitely be good for me. With the changes you mentioned, uh, Nan, what what's new for 2019 if people haven't turned their sleeper app on in the off season? Yeah, so we we had a dynasty leagues for the first time this year, and and having year round capabilities to trade, smack talk, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're doing a complete redesign of the app to make it much more uh, navigable. We simplified the onboarding process. It used to take you know a couple minutes to go through the settings. We've now created default options, and you can set up a league in literally 30 seconds. Um, we also are doing a massive overhaul of the web product. I know we've we've had a head start on mobile, but now we're going back and revisiting all the elements that are missing on web and building out that uh, so that we have feature parity across both platforms. We're enhancing the game day experience, and uh, I can't really talk about it at length here because it's, it's going to be a big surprise for everyone. But just imagine now having a much more immersive way to uh, have live play-by-plays of your of your players fed into your into your mobile app and being able to engage with your uh, with your opponent around that. And so we're doing a lot on that, um, man. And there's just a lot more features that we added, different scoring settings. Uh, different league types, different roster um, roster types. The ability to do in uh, live live trades during the draft itself. Um, there's just kind of optimizations and improvements across the board, you know, throughout the entire app. And we'll continue to do that. So our cadence is really like we we try to release new features every week. And if we don't, if we have a bigger feature, it's usually every two weeks. Um, but the app is constantly evolving, constantly improving, constantly changing. <clears throat> That's a that's a lot of updates. It's amazing because you occasionally log in, you see something has changed, um, but I wouldn't have said it was that often. So a lot of the updates must be pretty seamless, and uh, you know, doesn't radically change the experience all that much, which is a, a tough challenge because what you don't want is to change it so much that people don't know how to use the app. I guess. Yeah, we we only push the modal out when we do uh, like major major feature rollout. Um, but we're constantly doing over-the-air updates. So we built our app in um, a tech stack known as React Native, which allows us to push, you know, uh, performance improvements, you know, design changes, all of that kind of stuff over the air without having to submit to Android or to Apple. So that process typically takes, you know, a couple of days to, to get approval. Um, and so we're, we're doing stuff on the back end and under the hood that, uh, that we're not recording all the time, but like there's there's code being checked in every single day. Perfect, I like that. It's um, I I think it's it's almost fresh to use. I think it's probably because it's based on a messenger platform as opposed to your standard ESPN or NFL um, so football fantasy pro- platforms. I think it's a lot cleaner to use, and it's I don't know. I think it's it's fresh to look at as well, whereas. I don't know whether that's because it's new and exciting or I don't know, but I, I enjoy using it. And like Murph said, we're putting all our listener leagues on it this year just because one, they'll be in the same place, but it's it's really fluid for us to hop in and out, especially as co-owner, co-owners actually on that point. where You know when you select a co-owner in a league, why mm-hmm. in the draft can only the original owner draft and not the co-owner draft? Does, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um Initially, the co-owner was designed as more of a spectator and somebody who can provide input to the initial owner. Because I think when you have two decision-making entities in the same team, 
what you end up having is like to build a platform that recognizes uh, instances to resolve discrepancies when they don't necessarily agree. And that creates a lot of new complications, right? So um, imagine if you process the trade uh, a, milli a millisecond before uh, I process the trade and we were both co-owners and, you know, even though it, it seemed like it was simultaneous to us because of how fast technology acts, that millisecond made a difference in terms of what went through and what didn't. Then it creates a system where it seems like the app broke, right? But it didn't, right? And so there's a lot of like nuances to building a product that allows, you know, multiple people to execute on the same decision set that we, we decided to avoid for now. That's not to say we won't introduce it in the future, but for now it's, it's more just a passive spectator um, who is able to really just kind of have a group chat or a personal chat with the actual owner and make decisions through one singular point. Um, that's a lot cleaner from a tech perspective and it creates a lot less kind of uh, potential for the system to break down at any given point. Yeah, now you put it that way, it makes complete sense. It was just, uh, we had a draft running when I was away and I had to drive somewhere on, uh, not emergency, but had to become dedicated driver. And Murph was my co-owner, but couldn't draft for me. And it was a minute per pick. So by the time I'd got home, I'd missed the entire draft. <laughs> oh, so I was messaging the the group chat and this is where you're, it works out because I was having to use the group chat to explain my pick so that the commissioner could then put that pick in for us. Um, and it worked out. I mean, it was fine. There was it missed the first one, but luckily the other person um, had picked, but picked the player I was going to pick and agreed to swap. So it was quite a nice all round because he'd see that message, but the commissioner couldn't act on it in time. Um, yeah. And it all worked out, and everyone was really good about it, and it was fine. And so I was writing down who we were going to draft, and it went pretty seamlessly in the end. And if it didn't have that functionality, if it was done on another platform. I don't know what I would have done because I didn't know the commissioner personally. <laughs> so I didn't have their phone number. I couldn't text them. So I don't know what would have happened. We'd have ended up with random players. But no, <laughs> yeah, was, and, yeah. Ooh, yeah I'm, I'm glad it worked out okay. And so, so one of the other things we built in, um, well, actually taking a step back, one of the things we didn't build was public lobbies in Sleeper because we feel that a lot of leagues that are, that are public tend to be uh, – and by public, I mean like stranger leagues that you can just kind of register for and get dropped in with 11 other people. Those leagues tend to have uh, a higher rate of abuse of commissioner privileges and a lot of collusion, all that kind of stuff. And so we avoided that entirely. We, we focus sleeper precisely on people you know or friends you can trust. And so you working with the commissioner to resolve that issue is the perfect example of what sleeper is built for, right? And the other thing we built on the draft itself is for that commissioner to have basically super privileges to be able to fix anything on the fly. Historically, if you messed up the draft, you'd have to email Yahoo or ESPN and wait a couple of days to see if they respond to help resolve an issue. For us, your commissioner can pause the draft at any point, can reverse picks, can force picks, can force trades, basically anything to edit the, the board that you, you want to be able to accomplish so that you're never stuck in the middle of a draft due to an error and having to re restart something. Um, and so I'm glad you guys were able to fix that through the chat, but just wanted to let, you know, your listeners know that in case they run into a situation that's similar, there is uh, recourse to be able to fix it on the fly. So I know you don't like to uh, talk bad about your uh, opponent apps, I should say, but what do you think separates apart from the messenger feature? What else do you think separates Sleeper from your competition? 
Yeah, I think um, better mobile products, um, better design, I would say. I think we spend a lot of time thinking through navigation, user interfaces, even something as simple as like colors, right? And reimagining the draft board. Um, you'll see some more design on the in-game in elements coming out this year as well. We also offer an integrated experience, so not just chat and game, but also the news and alerts and the research capabilities. Eventually, we'll be adding even more integrations to enhance that experience as well. Um, so we're an open platform, and we encourage developers to use our API to develop on top of it um, to, to really enhance um, fantasy or sports uh, for the masses. We're not here to nickel and dime and, and try to figure out ways to you know, monetize every single piece of, of, of sports. That's not our ethos. Our ethos is really just to build better products um, and have more fun doing it. No, I think that's great. We, we sort of talked before we jumped on the call about uh, first-time players um, and people that are new to fantasy football. Um, you're going to have your seasoned players out there who have their app of choice and they will move to sleeper, those with analytics or hunger for news, etc. But for we, a lot of the feedback that we get in forums and Facebook and Twitter is they've not played fantasy football before or they're just starting out. They don't have the confidence to set up a league or they don't know enough people to... Uh, enter a league um, and that's probably why they use like the nfl.com um, app because they can just join random leagues how would you talk to those people now to get them to engage in sleeper as you mentioned being a messenger forum and how would you advise them to get involved and give them the confidence to set up a league and, and to get people playing yeah it's a, that's a great question and um, I could definitely see that because fantasy if you haven't played it before, it can be quite intimidating with all the different players you have to track, different scoring settings you have to understand. Um, and so what we've done on Sleeper is we've actually created a, a support center on our website, and it has a lot of the tutorial articles that walk you through um, specifically the commonly asked questions for first-time players. Uh, so like, what is a dynasty league? What is a keeper league? What is a redraft league? How do these different scoring settings work? You know, where can I find them in the app? Um, and so that kind of takes care of the, the, the 101 tutorial of, of just kind of getting up to speed on what fantasy is. But I would actually say that the, the best way to get introduced to the platform or into the fantasy sports uh, period is not to jump into a public league, right? It, it's just to find uh, uh, friends or even folks on places like uh, forums on the internet or Reddit Reddit has this like find a league, Reddit find a league um, subreddit um, where you can find people who are just trying it out for the first time or, or seasoned fantasy players who are willing to walk people through that experience. And it's, it's doing it that way that I think that people will have the best experience for the first season. Jumping into a public league right away will really taint how you think about it because you're really dependent on uh, 11 other strangers being active and Co uh, cooperative throughout the course of the season and in most cases they're not right so most public leagues on any season-long platform gets abandoned after the first two weeks of the season right like virtually no activity no conversation no trades people don't even update their lineups after a couple a couple of weeks and that's a terrible terrible way to get introduced to fantasy because you end up getting dropped into a game that feels like you're playing in isolation and most people that are there don't care, right? And so I, I would highly discourage that. 
I would say even if it's a four-person league or a six-person league, find friends to do it with. Find family members who have never played before and, and try to do that first league together. And you'll realize why fantasy is such a popular thing to do. It's not about the stats. It's just hanging out with your friends, right? It's a backdrop to being able to do that. Um, and that's truly what's special about it that you will lose if you jump into a public league setting. I, I totally agree. I'm going to use this point to segue very quickly and mention to new players who haven't played fantasy football before. We do have our listener leagues that we are hosting on Sleeper. And to those who are listening who want to play fantasy football, perhaps haven't had the confidence to do so, they can join our fantasy league and Stocks and I will be here to help them uh, in any way. To join our listener leagues, you need to drop us a DM on the social channels, um, which is at 5 Rush. Um, on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, etc., and use the code Fantasy Domination. We're going to keep it open for another week before we open it up to the social platforms. So listeners are getting the first opportunity before those who haven't downloaded the episodes yet. So I want to take that opportunity, sorry, Nan, just to promote that and get new players to playing on the platform as well. No, that's awesome. And I'm glad you guys are growing it out in the UK too. Um, it's, it's cool to see what we take it for take for advantage here in the in the US, um, you know, going global. And we're seeing that in our stats too, which is super cool. Like the UK is the, uh, it's the third biggest audience we have on our platform behind uh, the US and Canada, obviously. And then number four, which surprised us was Brazil. <laughs> so there's, there's quite a few Brazilian fantasy players out there. Um, there's actually a Brazilian fantasy podcast, I think that is spreading the good word. Um, and so that's, that's doing wonders out on that, on that market in terms of growing the audience wicked well anything we can do to promote you drop you got our details just give us a give us a nudge and we'll do what we can awesome thanks guys really appreciate that well, not only that man the uh, invitation to join one of our listener leagues is open to you too so if you should fancy joining in i know you're a busy man then you know fancy domination and the dm is all you need and you can you can jump on in but i guess we should wrap here, really. Um, how would you like to let Rush Nation know where to find you if you're on Twitter and obviously big up Sleeper quickly? Yeah, no. So to, to all the uh, listeners of the Five Yard Rush uh, over in the in, in the UK, I uh, just want to say thanks for you guys supporting us as well. And we try to be uh, as responsive as we can for a small team. There's there's five engineering folks on our squad, but we're we're on Twitter at Sleeper HQ. You can also find us. Um, at support at sleeper.app or or in our intercom on the website. And so we're happy to help you guys get set up in your leagues. If you have features that you don't understand or like different settings that you want more clarification on, just feel free to PM us um, either on on Twitter or one of those other channels. And we're happy to help. Um, And then just have a great season. Just enjoy sports the way it was meant to be. Uh, Invite some friends to start a league and, let the smack talk begin <laughs> right on <Love> that. <laughs> well Nan thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, possibly we'll have you back one day who knows awesome thanks guys really appreciate it and uh, keep up the good work with the podcast thanks very much cheers thanks Dan take care alright you too bye bye cheers and Murph I will see you on the other side and as always Rush Nation now I'm back in the studio keep rushing
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.